Hello, and welcome to the strangest gig I've ever played. True Tales from the Studio and the Stage. I'm your host, Chris J. Norwood. On the podcast with us this episode is one John Dufalo, a.k.a. John Buffalo. He's a man in about a million different bands, all of them amazing. So let's jump right in. He's got a great story for us. Welcome. Welcome back to The Strangest Gig. Again, I'm your host, Chris J. Norwood. Excited to have John Duflo on the podcast with us. But before we get to that, I wanted to let you know about my new band, Chris J. Norwood and The Knockdown Dragout. We've got a new album coming out. And uh, surprise, it comes out February 9th. Nobody knows that yet, but now you do. And it's uh, it will not be a secret very soon. Yeah, our first single comes out in October. So follow us on the social meds, the gram, the tur, the book. And uh, yeah, find out a little more. We've got some shows coming up that we're getting booked. And uh, there'll be a nice big release show. And uh, I would love to see you out. Come support. Find out more info at chrisjnorwood.com. As I said, we have John Dufalo on the program. You may know him as the drummer for the Apples in Stereo. You may know him as the front man for the Death Ray Davies. You may know him as the front man for Cliffs. You may know him as the bass player for Motorcade, which as an aside, Motorcade has got to be just the best band name for a band from Dallas. It is just chef's kiss. John's also got a new solo album coming out under the moniker John Buffalo. I was really excited to have him on the podcast, and I don't want to waste your time anymore. I want to jump right in because he's got a really funny story about a really harrowing gig. (laughs) So let's get in. Here's John Dufalo. John Dufalo, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This will be a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. For sure. Um, So we'll just jump in and get started, and I will ask you first, tell me about your current gig. What you got going on currently? I know you got a new album coming out soon, right? I do. I have a solo record. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's under the name John Buffalo. Okay. Which is um, when I was really young. You know, people have always mispronounced my last name. It's Dufilo. Um Some people pronounce it Dufilo. Um Either way, the trick, the spelling is really tricky, yeah. and and especially you know if you're like in first grade. So kids <laughs> called me John Buffalo, and at the time I really thought it was embarrassing and I hated it and thought, you know, they're making fun of me. And then, you know, it wasn't until much later I was kind of like, well, it actually has a good ring to it. Kind of a badass name, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not so bad. So I thought it would be funny to kind of reclaim that. as uh, So the record's a solo record under that name, John Buffalo. So it's coming out in November, first week of November. Um, Yeah, so I'm super excited. There's a whole backstory about how it's recorded and why it's recorded that way. And well, let's, uh, let's say, did you do it at, at your place, at your little place? I did it at mine, yeah. yeah. Okay. I recorded it at my place. Did you place. play everything? I played everything. Um, the The quick version of the backstory is I had a, a substantial surgery a year and a half ago. I yeah. had a quintuple bypass. Um, I don't know if you knew that. I, um, I think I did know that, yeah. Um, and in the recovery it was a hereditary thing it was unexpected and i'm super glad we caught it obviously yeah. i'm happy to be alive yeah. and uh, yeah. 
part of the recovery was the doctor said I couldn't lift anything over five pounds for three months. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, um, I knew, knowing myself, um, I knew that I had to, I wanted to write music and I wanted to record during those months. I wasn't going to be able to do much of anything else. Right. I just kind of thought, well, that's the one thing that kind of gets me through life as it is that I need to create things. So, um, I switched pretty quickly. I'd been experimenting a little bit with um, synthesizers, drum machines. Mm -hmm. um, so I just decided, okay, well, this is how I'm going to make a record. I don't have to pick anything yeah. up. I have these little synthesizers, um, drum samples, drum machines. I kind of created um, some samples just instead of like finding samples to mm -hmm. use. Oh, cool. A few of the songs I kind of created my own and then looped things and then just tried to just come up with a, a different sound than anything I'd ever done. Did you um, like? Did you have use any like analog vintage stuff, or was it all in the box? Or uh, no, I I've, so there's funny enough. There's some really I have a, a, a nice synth. It's an Arturia yeah. that I like. Um, I have a couple two Korgs, um, but then some of my favorite stuff is I have these old you know ten and twenty dollar casio yeah. from the 80s that are just toys really yeah but they have really unique sounds to them yeah um, they all did and each one was different from they're the all next. kind of unique yeah. i've got uh two or three of them. i think i have three of them and they're all you know and so i was using that i was mm -hmm. um yeah just kind of and just doing it in my own studio behind my house that's cool um so yeah it it um a, a little more than half of the songs are directly about uh, my experience in the hospital yeah. and all of the, you know, what that was like. And it was all certainly, you know, informed and inspired by it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so then are you going to, are you going to play it out live? Or are you going to do a show? Like, how is it going to translate from, I you know, am, I wasn't going to, I mean, honestly, the, the very first thing that happened was I recorded two songs and they were so different than anything else I'd ever done that immediately I, I thought, I kind of laughed and thought, well, I love this, but I, you know, this will just be for me. <laughs> yeah. This is just for fun, you know? And I've got a bunch of records. I mean, honestly, I probably have five, maybe six records in my life that I've made mm -hmm. that are just for me, that I've never released. That oh, really? Just, yeah, different things. They're, okay. Uh, yeah, just kind of like, well, this one was for me. Yeah, and those are fun. So, I, yeah, and, and there's a total freedom to that. And... I mean, there's a, there should be a freedom to all of it. I mean, right. but um, I kind of thought it was going to go that route. And then I just kept recording and creating things. And um, I ended up with 11 songs. Ten of them made the record. I decided I liked it enough to put it out. And um, then the next thought was, oh, I'll never play these live. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's drum machine and synthesizer. What, you know. Yeah. But so there was a good records, uh, record store day. Good mm -hmm. records. They asked me to play. And just to sort of challenge myself, I this was um, when's record store day? It was probably four months, five months ago. Yeah, April, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I said, I asked Chris Penn, well, can you book it under John Buffalo? And, and I'm just going to try something new. And mm -hmm. I got up with just a microphone and a, a laptop and push play and... and uh, thought well, this is going to be a train wreck, and, <laughs> and I'm not, you know, all this will be a one-off, and hopefully it'll be a laugh. And I re really had fun, and that's so cool. that's the plan. I'm going to do some shows like that, just just you and a, just and me and a microphone, yeah, and, and cool. yeah, it's probably 
you know, my absolute biggest fear. So I figured, well, there's no reason not to do it then. Yeah. So that is a fun challenge to kind of step outside, like maybe what you've done in the past and and approach it a different way. Yeah. And these songs are really personal. So about halfway through that, that, uh, good records, uh, show, I felt like I was almost going to start crying because it was, they were personal songs, but also just because I thought, uh, weird, I'm actually having fun. I'm actually enjoying this, which was the the last thing I expected. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to, November 10th, um, I don't know when this is coming out, but um, November 10th, uh, I believe I'm going to have a record release party. Cool. Here in town. I, I'm Do you know where you're kind yet? of firming up the details okay. now. Cool. Um, but so I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, if I can say it, it's not confirmed, but um, uh, well, I'll say it. I, who cares? If not, we'll change it. But sure. it's um, at the Kessler. Oh, right on. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah I, I think it should be a fun party. That I'm going to get um, my friend Terry, who does projections for Motorcade, for Death Ray, yeah, and for yeah. our bands. He's going to come do some projections, fun. and I'm going to get some other good bands and uh, make it kind of a yeah. celebration and kind of ties into since it was a record you know born out of um recovery yeah. i'm gonna make it sort of a celebratory you know That's hey great. i'm alive kind of party yeah <laughs> so you mentioned motorcade and i know you've been in a ton of other bands have you ever stopped and counted the amount of bands you've been <laughs> in been a part of i sent with? a funny thing to to uh scott beggs from three links is a friend of mine and he sent something or it was just online it was social media he he commented something about how you know i had six or seven bands and so i'd never really put it down on paper so i actually started writing down well here's active bands and i only have a few active bands but Mm -hmm. i've been in a lot for sure and it kind of blew my mind and then i sent it to him which i think it happened i think he had the same effect on on Scott as well, in that I pretty much have a band for, uh, and then some several for every letter of the alphabet. <laughs> it's just A to Z, and then you make your own little kids book. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, so I, I think I'm only missing a few letters, but that's awesome. Uh, well, any of those other bands? Are y'all recording? Is Motorcade recording at all, or plans for Motorcade? Sh- um, have plans to record? We're um, kind of. The funny thing about Motorcade is we basically hibernate in summer. For some reason, we've all agreed that there's absolutely no reason for us to exist in anything over than like, you know, 85 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> we just seem to be a winter band. So we've been hibernating. We've got some uh, shows with the Ocean Blue coming out in uh, October, which will be fun. Uh, Houston and San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, and we, yeah, we're starting to put ideas together That's for cool. our third record. Um, Cliffs, I've written almost enough for a new record, and yeah. we're going to record soon. So that's definitely um, coming as well. So when you so when you when you write when you start writing for these projects, do you sit down to say I'm going to write a Cliffs track, or I'm going to write a Motorcade track, or I, M- Motorcade may be a little more collaborative? Or it is, um, uh, and in fact, most of Motorcade is Andrew and James, and then they get stuck every once in a while, and they come to Jeff and I and say, "What uh-huh. What do you guys have?" And then yeah. you know, we'll throw in, um, and then I yeah, I end up co-writing with them. But um, but for your other more but like for my solo stuff, stuff, honestly, no, I never sit down and think, okay, this is for Death Ray or this is for Cliff. So I just kind of write and then mm-hmm. they sort of sort themselves out okay. for me, you know, yeah. this. And th- then the funny thing is some of them can easily go one way. I, I write 
pretty traditionally, I'd say. I mean, yeah. it's pop kind of melody and, and verse, chorus, bridge, that sort of thing. So really, you know, you can kind of 60s garage it out and make it death ray or I can speed it up the tempo and simplify it and yeah and make it towards cliffs or um do you ever like I get it in a rehearsal space like with death ray and be like oh this is definitely this is a cliffs track I have that has happened yeah. I did actually with cliffs we tried one or two songs that I wrote that I thought were cliffs and then I realized quick there's a song on the last death ray record uh called you and me until the end yeah and originally I brought that to cliffs and mm -hmm. we tried it and as soon as we started playing it, it was like, oh, well, this uh, this doesn't sound this like Cliffs. It right. sounds like Death Ray. So yeah. I just put that aside for... Yeah. Um, so it's happened a couple of times. But yeah, normally they, they're obvious. For some reason, that one yeah, wasn't. That's but, funny. Yeah. Do you ever see yourself settling down with just one band? Or do you like <laughs> having the multiple, you know, creative outlets? I love having the, the different... Um, I, I don't know. I suppose if one suddenly started taking up a bunch of time and that's what happens is sometimes i'll focus on one thing for yeah. a little while i like having different bands though i love playing bass and motorcade i loved playing drums and apples um and there's always talk of with apples of us doing more and yeah. so it'd be cool if you know we get back it's been a long time now but mm -hmm. um it'd be cool if that happened i love playing drums for them um how I did like that playing i used to hate actually playing live singing and, and playing guitar because yeah. i was um nervous about it uh -huh. um not comfortable terribly but i've gotten that way over the years i've gotten more comfortable yeah. and now i actually really like it yeah. so how did the the apples and stereo gig come about um i had met those guys death ray played a show or two with them uh -huh. randomly um i think one was in um portland i forget it was either seattle or portland and got to meet them and then there's a uh, the guitar player John Hill mm -hmm. uh, plays in Dressy Bessie with mm -hmm. Tammy, his wife, and they asked Death Ray to go out on tour, and so I got to know the two of them really well. Somewhere along the line, right as Hillary, the former drummer um, for Apples, right when she left, I had this weird moment. Um, it was actually Jason Roberts, you know mm -hmm. Jason. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he called me out of the blue and he said, "Hey, you know that." that we were at um, Pop Fest in Athens and Hillary announced from the stage that it was her last show. And I said, oh, I had no idea. That's so weird. And immediately, like I, we talked about other things and then we hung up. Immediately, I just had this feeling. I, and I had this feeling of like, and, and it was kind of from the first time. I was a huge Apples fan yeah. and a huge fan of everything Elephant Six. And um, I remember long before this i remember telling my wife danette like i don't know what this elephant six thing is but i feel like i should be part of it i understand it i yeah. feel like i relate to it it just seems like that should be anyway so fast forward a couple of years i get off the phone with jason and i had had robert gave me his number randomly mm -hmm. the singer robert um after we played with him once and um so I just thought, I'm going to call and see who their new drummer is. Yeah. And I got a busy, you know, I got his voicemail. Yeah. So I didn't say anything. I was say, hey, Robert, it's John from the Death Ray Davies. Um, hey, um, I hope you're well. I'm just saying hi. Yeah. Like, I just didn't, you know. Yeah. So give me a call back when you get a chance. I hang up and I realize that I had a voicemail. 
and it was him. <laughs> and he left me this thing, this voicemail. And it was basically like, it was exactly the same time. It was, John, hey, uh, what's up? Uh, uh, hey, I have a question for you. Um, give me a call. Oh, wait, I think you're trying to, are you trying to call me? What, you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> so you all just randomly called randomly each other at the, at same the exact time. time. We wow. hadn't spoken in months. Yeah. And, and uh, so I call him back and he's so funny he's like holy shit you're trying to call me this is a sign you have to be my new drummer you've got to play drums and i was like what and he's like well yeah oh sorry uh uh we need a drummer hillary's not with us uh you play drums right and he'd never heard me play drums yeah. he just heard the first two death ray records that i played drums on and he knew you played he'd, okay. so he'd known that i he'd heard me on record but never heard me live yeah and uh i was like well you guys are like my favorite band on the planet so yep Yes, yes. <laughs> just an easy yes. The timing Absolutely. was good because um, two weeks before that, um, Death Ray had been traveling and touring mm. and touring and touring for like six years. I mean, just nonstop. And we got to a point where we thought, okay, we're we need a break. We're yeah. gonna kill each other. We we need a so well, let's just turn into a recording project for a little while and then see where it goes and take it. So that was two weeks before this. And immediately, like a week later, Jason calls me and he's like, hey, uh, I know we're still going to be a recording project and I'm not going to mess this up. But also the paper chase just asked me to go play drums for them. So I joined the, and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> what's happened? Like immediately, like yeah. within a week, I felt like our band had fallen apart. Because yeah. really the band is Jason and I and then, uh, you know, a bunch of other friends of ours. Um, but Jason and I are, are the yeah. core of, of the band. And uh, so I, I spent a week just kind of like uh, what just happened yeah and then the week later i got that phone call and then so i was like yep i'm your drummer let's do this so that's awesome yeah and that was the kind of a whirlwind actually because um uh pretty quickly right after that um he lived in lexington kentucky mm -hmm. we went there i did like two days of rehearsals maybe three and then we immediately went on a short little run yeah um Strangely, the first show I ever played with them was in Washington, D.C. It was with Beck. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And then a couple of days later, I think we played on Conan O'Brien. So it was like kind of yeah. ramped up quick. And, and yeah, it was That's super cool. fun. Yeah. Man, what a whirlwind. Yeah, yeah, it was. So I also saw that you, you started playing a couple of shows with your daughter, right? Yeah. What's yeah. that been like? Because I have a daughter Fun. and she's uh, she's eight. Okay. And so she's just like started to take piano lessons and do that sort of thing. So I just, I saw that and I thought that's so sweet. And so that's just so much fun. Has, how has that been? Uh, really fun. Um, we did a couple of shows. Um, there's sort of a long backstory, but the, the, the easy way to describe it was um, thankfully... I didn't realize she's always been around while I've played and created and recorded. I didn't realize how much she'd um, internalized, how much she 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 knew all the words to my songs. I yeah. didn't know this. And at one point, um, I w I had a show and it was an early show. And she said, "Hey, can I come to your show? It's an acoustic thing. I, it was mm -hmm. um, a coffee house. It was part of a collective. It was a benefit thing." And I said, "Yeah, of course." And she said, "Well, can I sing with you?" And I was like, "What? Yeah, yeah." well, we have to learn songs. And she's like, I know your songs. <laughs> and immediately I started singing one and she immediately fell in like an octave above and just yeah. kind of like matched my vocal perfectly. And yeah. I was like, oh, great. Yeah. Awesome. So the funny thing is we didn't even rehearse. It was like two days later. 
and we didn't we had some kind of busy schedule we yeah. didn't have time to rehearse so I thought can you do that with other songs I'll let you you know pick the songs she's like sure so we on the on the car ride over to the to um opening bell is where it was yeah yeah on the car ride over there I was like okay what are we gonna do <laughs> and we sang them together on the way over and it just worked uh so we played a couple shows like that and then um one or two and then I, I asked uh, Jeff Lyles over at the Kessler. Yeah. I said, "Hey, if you have anything, my daughter and I are do are singing together. We're just kind of it's just for fun. But if you have anything we could open for, it'd be fun to you yeah. know let her get into a bigger room, um, see if she likes it." And then he called me back two weeks later and said, "Well, I've got this uh, Tripping Daisy reunion. Do you want to do that?" I was like, "Oh yeah, yes, yeah." yeah. <laughs> so we did that, and and she she honestly she kind of owned the room. She like I felt like this I could just leave. Like she's yeah. taking over here. Uh, she did great. So does she have greater aspirations? Like does she? She get does into not. It? The funny thing is, is we did that one, uh-huh. and then Polyphonic asked us to do the Christmas thing, and mm-hmm. that was Christmas last year, and we did that one and then the funny thing is she was kind of after that like okay that was fun i'm all done and i said oh you don't want to do that anymore she's like no i'm good that's great so that was that yeah Yeah. we went from opening bell to we did a show at all good and then we did the kessler and we did the majestic and then we're done and then that's it it was like yeah this little career that (laughs) that's beautiful so yeah i felt like man she's got this down that's amazing so yeah we're not doing anything now but um she she uh offered to jump up and sing a song with me at my uh record release oh, great. so i That'd think be great. yeah so um so yeah um, that's cool and i i've always insisted to her look this is entirely just for fun because yeah. you know it's what i do with my life but you know it doesn't have to be what you do it, absolutely not yeah that's cool. so yeah. So in doing research for for getting to talk to you, I I looked up your Wikipedia, and there's a couple things that oh, I really, no. I re- there's a couple things I really loved about it. Uh, the very last sentence is John is currently alive and well, which now hearing your story makes <laughs> is is very poetic and beautiful. So I'm so glad to hear that. It's also funny because I don't know who wrote that or when it, but I think it's said that for a long time now. Um, yeah, somebody told me quite a while back hey you have a wikipedia page and i had no idea yeah. and then i figured it must have been written by somebody in san antonio because it mentioned I, at least the last time i saw it it mentioned some uh a band or two that i had back then yeah. that nobody would have known right. otherwise but um so but yeah. a couple other things that i enjoyed was that your your link your external link is your myspace page <laughs> on the Wikipedia? on the Wikipedia page, oh. yeah, it has external links that links to your MySpace page. So I, I clearly try very hard to not go to any of these and avoid them. Uh, yeah, so I can imagine I didn't realize that, but um, that's funny. Is MySpace still a, a thing? You can go to it. Oh, I don't know that people that. <laughs> that anybody, anybody does. regularly does but it's it's there well it's it'll probably there. come back around at some point so we'll yeah, leave for it sure. <laughs> or somebody thing, else can change yeah, it yeah right <laughs> the other thing i found out is that you and i share a birthday we do on may 21st are we the same age no i'm older than you by a lot i bet not too much not too much yeah okay well i'm 65 <laughs> just kidding um i'm 73 so oh well, no. no yeah may 21st May babies. Well, happy birthday to you as well. Yeah. Tell me about the strangest gig you've ever played. The strangest one. So, 
And that doesn't mean necessarily mean bad. Right. 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 It could be whatever you interpret that. I mean, mean, this could be like a 25 part series. Like I've got so many weird ones, but uh, my, my first thought though um, has to be one that involves um, assumed near death and, um, and sandwiches, which is um, perfect. uh, Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, (laughs) Those are the apples and we were, we were, um, uh, we had this great manager, Dan Ephraim, and he was getting us all these these shows that were just kind of like fly-out shows to yeah. festivals and things. One of them that we did, I mean, I, was, I felt so lucky. We played, you know, we, we, we went to Taiwan. We went wow. to, um, yeah, yeah. We did a bunch in New York. We went to, so the one I'm thinking of was in Sao Paulo. Mm-hmm. In Brazil. Brazil, yeah. So we go down there. We're playing this festival, this giant festival. The The headliner was Rage Against the Machine. Okay. I think Apples must have had... We had some kind of minor radio hit or something. So yeah. we were offered this thing to go down there. Okay. And we're playing on this giant stage. And it's kind of late afternoon. Um, the The show's going really well. Yeah. It's a fun show. I'm on a, a pretty high... What feels like a pretty high drum riser. Yeah. And... About halfway through the show, maybe a little more than that, there's some guy that appears out of nowhere on the stage, and he's got sort of this homeless sort of look. He's wearing like a trench coat or something, and he's just kind of... Which immediately sends up red flags. Left of, yeah, Yeah. left of of the stage uh, drum riser. And I notice he's just kind of staring at me and looking weird and out of place and he looks kind of confused and and i kind of look around and the rest of the band's facing the audience and i look to the side of the stage and there's a bunch of people on the side and they're all looking out towards the audience and nobody's looking back at me yeah so nobody sees this guy (laughs) and i'm playing and i'm thinking how how did he get up here a and what is he doing and he starts walking towards me and he's got this look He's looking at me like like he's just going to kill me. And I keep looking around, like waiting for somebody to notice. Yeah. I'm in the middle of a song. I don't have a mic. I, yeah. So there's no way for me to... Right. So I'm just like, oh, good God. So he comes, jumps up on the riser. Oh, no. And is, he's kind of locked eyes with me and he's coming closer and closer. And he gets within about a foot and a half of my face. Oh, wow. And he's right by the hi-hat and I'm playing and I'm just looking and I start like yelling while I'm playing, like, <laughs> what is happening? You know, I'm like, like, and still nobody sees this guy oh, and no. he's got, and I think, okay, this this, he reaches into his coat and he's pulling something out and I'm like, this guy's going to like yeah. knife or shoot me yeah. during this show. This is a fun show, but this is not, not worth, worth that. <laughs> dying, right. Uh, I really think, and it all happened really fast, but I'm thinking this is going to be the way I'm going to go. Like what? (laughs) And so he pulls a sandwich out of his pocket in his, in his coat. And he starts, instead of looking at me, he's looking at the sandwich and he kind of starts backing up. And then he sits 
on the side of the drum riser and starts eating the sandwich. <laughs> well, like, what, what kind of like, sandwich was it? I don't know. Like I was or? just so glad that I, you know, it was clearly going to be okay. And then the funny thing is, as he's peacefully eating the sandwich, then finally the the stagehand guys from the side notice what had been going on, or somebody <laughs> like, and they come running out and they like, tackle him on the, oh, you know, man. like, you know, and then they drag him off and, uh, yeah, so. I don't think it was until they came on and grabbed him that the other guys in my band even realized turned around and realized what was going on. Oh, man. Yeah, and then it was like, well, that's all right. I'm okay. I'm alive. Thanks, guys. It's over. <laughs> Nothing to see here, you know. Yeah, so. Show must go on. Yeah, yeah. But so <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. So what, do you know what happened to him after that? I guess they hauled him off to jail or, or kicked him out of the festival I, at least. I don't know. They just said, oh, yeah, we're the, they apologized a bunch. Sorry, yeah. so we don't have any idea how he got up there and sorry. And then um, Robert's wife, um, singer Robert, his wife, Marcy, came up and she said, oh, I saw the very end of it. And I, I didn't know, you know, what was happening. I think she was the one who, you know, alerted somebody yeah. to come, you know. But... Yeah. So oh, anyway, man. that was um, that was pretty. Yeah, that is among the strangest I've heard. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah, and thankfully it went the right way, and not the you know, not where it was going in my mind. You know. Yeah, because you're you're in a you're thinking I'm gonna have to make a split second decision here about. Yeah, I, I kept thinking, or... do I just stop playing, and do I you know? Um, yeah, so, I love that. Anyway, it's so fun. <laughs> I want to hear now because you've had you've been in so many different bands, played so many different venues in different bands, uh, played with your daughter, played in your favorite band. What? Tell me now what your dream gig is. Oh, like um, yeah, it could be dream venue, dream band, dream bill, or 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 is it one you've already played? Like, have you have you hit your bucket list oh, dream gig? I I used to have this kind of mental list of a bunch of places that um, I would really love to play and i've been super lucky it's almost unimaginable that you know like red rocks was on there and yeah. carnegie hall was on there and uh cbgb's was on there yeah. and believe it or not i've played all those places wow. and uh the fillmore and um i don't know most of them actually weren't like grand like that most of them were um the crocodile in seattle and the 40 watt in athens yeah. and luckily I've, I've gotten to play those places um so i, I don't know i mean I, if I could sum it up, I would say, if if I could cheat a little bit, I would say that my first, it's already happened in the, the very first time when the Death Ray Davies first got together, mm -hmm. right uh, pretty early on, the old 97s asked us to go tour with them, and yeah. they were just completely crushing, as they still yeah. are, but like, I didn't know much about them, and I assumed oh, really? we were going to go play in front of 100 people a night at clubs, and, uh -huh. and it was more like a 1,000 yeah. plus people a night. Um, that tour, to me, was just dream like yeah. i couldn't believe i you know we got to go open every night and it went so was well that your, and people, was that your first time playing like theater-sized venues across the for country? sure yeah. for sure i'd played other things and other places yeah but, but that kind of thing where night in, a night big out, yeah. giant crowd showed up and thankfully they liked death ray a lot so that's great um so i would say that that whole thing um um when i turned 50 i, I, I did a thing that no, um the Death Ray Davies and Motorcade played together on my birthday at the Kessler. That was oh, yeah. a good one. That's um, good. So I don't know. Uh, as far as like a dream one coming up. Yeah. Uh, um, 
I don't know. Hopefully the the next one coming up yeah, at Kessler. Hopefully the record release will be a dream gig and and you know feel as fun as as the good records thing did. Um, That's great. I mean, if you were talking about just like. I, I don't know. That's that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like any time that, that I've ever played a bigger place, you know, it's been... And I'm thankful to just be invited to the party, um, but, you know, it's always been opening for somebody. It'd be nice to, at some point, play a big place where people came to They're see. For you, yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. That's cool. uh, but, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm amazed that, you know... I absolutely get to yeah. you know join in at all so I'm and maybe part of the reason why I've uh, always played in a bunch of bands not not to chase that but just to kind of get to throw myself in a bunch of situations you know yeah. and just see what happens and I love that it's you know if if no one else is entertained I know I am yeah <laughs> you know? well John man thank you so much for coming and, and telling us the stories and, and yeah for sure project. thanks and for having me yeah man absolutely so is there a, a, a we know there's a myspace page is, <laughs> is there a john buffalo website or how can people find out about it? uh probably the easiest way is um state fair has been they put out the last death ray the last cliffs okay. they've been um amazing um and and great at helping me with try and they're going to put out the new john buffalo yeah. so if you go to to their website there's links to okay, all great. of those things yeah. you know so Fantastic. John, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, for me too. Thanks. All right. There he goes. One John Dufalo, a.k.a. John Buffalo. Y'all, please be sure to check out his new solo album, John Buffalo. Comes out first week in November. He sent me a copy of it All right, already, and it is, man, it's really fantastic. It's so good. And so, uh, yeah, please check him out. Check out his other bands, Motorcade, Cliffs, Corner Suns, Apples and Stereo. Yeah, all of them. They're all fantastic. Thanks again to John, and uh, thank you for tuning in. If you've been digging what we're doing here at The Strangest Gig, tell a friend. We have a lot of fun here, and uh, yeah, let's get the good news out. Let's get some more people listening. I really appreciate y'all sticking around, and uh, tune in next month. And until then, if you come face-to-face with a sandwich-wielding derelict, just remember, gig's a gig, right? (laughs) 